following is rated R. It contains violence, adult language, nudity, and adult content. Good evening, everybody, and welcome. It's 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Sunday, September 18th, 2022. And thank you for joining us for the Tales of the Walking Dead online viewing party right here on blogtalkradio.com. I'm host Casey Shapiro, and special thanks to our host and sponsor, NDB Media. And also special thanks to one of our continued, ever-loyal, ever-resilient <laughs> regulars who helps me out. Joan, thank you for being here. Let's give you all some special applause. Thank you very much. Always appreciated. Um, tonight's show, as most of our shows, contains spoilers up to the last episode and possible content from any current AMC official promo materials. By the way, not zombie-related, but just for some fun, uh, do not forget that tomorrow, the 19th of September, is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. So after you're done playing with dead things, let's go play with some pirates. All right, typically we start this show about a half hour before the new episode airs live each week and recap from the previous episode and discussion of what is to come tonight. At 9 p.m. we go dark or mute. We'll watch the new episode together. And then at the commercial breaks, we rate the episode between 1 and 10. 1 being this is heinous garbage and you are bad and you should feel bad for making me sit through it. And 10 is this is absolutely perfect and I will forgive you all the things. Uh, we haven't had a 1 or a 10, but you never know. As well as giving commentary, news articles, and trivia on the show, as well as the cast and crew, including bios, birthdays, and more. Our show is spoiler and comic free. So please don't discuss either any spoilers or stuff from the comics in the chat room or on the air. We prefer our discussions, reactions, and comments to be just about what we know from the show that's presented to us. All righty. Um, I'm going to abbreviate going through the spinoffs and other things going on. Um, the final season of Walking Dead Classic starts back up October 2nd, opening with season 11, episode 17. It should run until November 20th if you have eight episodes, and that is in three weeks, including tonight. We'll have tonight, next week, the 25th, there is going to be some kind of special presentation with Chris Hardwick as they did before Tales began. I'm still a little salty, Chris, not that you ever listened to me, I realize. Um, I wish there had been a Tales. I wish there was Tales for Fear and for World Beyond, which they tried. Um, but there hasn't been any uh, Talking Dead for Tales, and I think that's gross. Um, I don't know what's involved, so, you know, forgive my layperson's annoyance, but I'm just having an opinion. All right. Fear is going to pick up at some point. We don't, we no longer know if it's going to be in late 2022 or early 2023. All intimations that it might be after Walking Dead Classic closes have stopped being posted. And they may be on a bit of a pushback on the schedule. I don't know. It may not start until 2023. I'll let you all know. Um, Walking Dead, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, Season 8, starts filming, started filming, pardon, in August. And so that's part of why I don't think they'll be ready. That's not that much time. So we'll see. Um, World Beyond, you know. Daryl Spinoff, you know. Still no title. Dead in the Water, you know. AMC On Demand, Maggie and Negan in New York is The Walking Dead, Dead City. That's in 2023 at some point. Uh, Walking Dead, Rick and Michonne, also in 2023, not yet titled. And uh, let me see. Entertainment Weekly is referring to something that the announced six episodes are not a limited series, but I cannot find the documentation if they're talking about Rick and Michonne. That seems a little strange, but possible. Because let's face it, the story of Rick is really the cornerstone around which all the other stories were built. It's kind of the North Star of the series. 
So if there were to be any more storytelling to do after the other stuff's over, it would probably be there. All righty. It is 8.35 p.m. And let's go ahead and keep going. Uh, call in to speak with the host if you would like. 914-338-0314. We'll be taking calls all evening tonight, and we especially encourage you to call between now and 9 p.m. when the live show starts. You're welcome to still call in during the live show, but you will be screened and muted until the commercial break where we can chat on the air. Okay, and I don't need to ask Joan if she can hear me because she just mentioned something about Talking Dead, which I had not typed, so I spoke it, and I know she heard. Alrighty, um, if the phones are not your thing, you can join us in our live chat room, as Joan is doing at the moment and every week where you can ask questions, chat, and you can also chat while the show is on in the chat room um, because you won't be heard. So you can just type your little hard way. And you'll also be able to go back to that link and listen to the show real time and then download the episode after the fact. We post the link for that on our Facebook page and my social media. If you're unable to join us in real time this evening or any evening, you can still go to each episode link later and download the broadcast as an MP3 for later listening. Click on the cloud-shaped white icon at the top right of the page. You can also download this and prior episodes on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn, as well as the Blog Talk Radio website. Tonight's Tales episode is entitled La Doña. There is an accent... Um, above the N, and I hope I said it correctly. <laughs> I do not say that N very often, and sometimes I poop it up. Origi- uh, official, not original, AMC synopsis is a haunting tale of an apocalypse-traumatized couple who may or may not be tormented by a haunted house. Frightening memories coupled with inexplicable phenomena in the house take a toll on the couple's psyche and their relationship. I'm double check in the chat room. Um, Joan thinks having Talking Dead with Tails would have been awesome. I agree. I do not know why we're not. This is my standing thing. Chris Hardwick created something very nice, and I really enjoy these interviews. And I don't understand why some shows have not been afforded that extra boost. I think they should. All right. Since each episode is self-contained, meaning it's not a giant meta plot like Walking Dead Classic tends to be, I'm going to also introduce the main characters and the actors who play them. And it makes this section take a little longer than y'all are used to because every week the whole cast is pretty much new. And I want to give everybody a little bit of love because for many of them this may be the only episode of Walking Dead, anything that they do. So I want to pet them while they're here. All right. Starring Daniela Pineda as Idalia, or Idal. I'm assuming Idalia, but we'll find out when the show comes on and they pronounce it. <laughs> Daniela Nicole Pineda was born and raised in Oakland, California. Pineda is of Mexican descent and graduated from Mills College with a sociology and radio journalism degree. I'm assuming that's a double major, and that's pretty awesome. She currently resides in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, New York. In January 2013, it was announced that she was cast as the witch Sophie for Season 4, Episode 20 of the CW's hit series, The Vampire Diaries. This episode serves as a backdoor pilot for a possible spin-off series revolving around the originals and taking place in the French Quarter of New Orleans. Season one of the originals was set to premiere on Tuesday, October 15th. And again, this is 2013. However, on July 29th, 2013, the CW announced that the series premiere would instead air on October 3rd, 2013, following the fifth season premiere of The Vampire Diaries in order to attract fans of the series. On October 10th, 2013, the CW ordered three additional scripts for the series. She was written off as her character was killed off. And that's kind of a shame because that's a, a fun start to things. Um, Daniela has starred in other projects like American Odyssey and The Detour afterwards. In January 2017, Pineda was cast in a lead role on the Jurassic World sequel. Pineda has 30 acting credits 
going all the way back to 2010, pardon my hiccups, I'm sorry, including Homeland, Vampire Diaries, Robot Chicken, Cowboy Bebop, and more. Future projects for her include playing Bonnie in a so far untitled Gerard Butler action thriller, which is in post-production and should be out in 2023. All right. Um, Joan has said that I am saying uh, La Doña correctly. Okay. And as with all things on here, I do my best with the names. I try to look stuff up. I have a finite amount of time generating this script. You are all perfectly welcome to message the page or even message me if you're able and let me know if I've made a mistake with someone's name. I don't want to be that guy. I would just, I would, I do the best I can. I might make boo-boos. It's okay to correct me. That's basically it. All right, next, Danny Ramirez is Eric. And by the way, he had a birthday yesterday. And we will get to birthdays later, but I wanted to call attention to that. You know, his episode is airing on his birthday weekend. So, you know what, I'm going to give him some extra applause for that. So, thank you for your work on this. All righty. Ramirez was born in Chicago and raised in Miami. He is of Colombian and Mexican descent. Growing up, he wanted to be an athlete. He tried American football and soccer, but injuries did not allow him to succeed. He is an actor and producer known for Assassination Nation in 2018, Top Gun Maverick in 2022, and The Falcon and the Winter Soldier 2021. He has 24 acting credits back to 2011, including Black Mirror, Valley Girl, which is the 2020 musical reboot of the 1983 film starring Nicolas Cage and uh, Deborah. Oh, God, I blanked on her name. Um, Jonas, that's something you could look up. The lead female for Valley Girl, it's Deborah something, and she was also in Real Genius. And I like that actress, but I blanked on her name because I have old people's brain. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Danny's role uh, was character Joaquin Torres. In The Falcon and the Winter Soldier made him one of the few Walking Dead Universe cast members to appear in the MCU. There's been a lot of cross-pollination between Walking Dead people and Marvel people. So here are the others from the series that have done something in the MCU. Michael Rooker, who was uh, Merle Dixon here. Uh, Denai Guerrera, who's Michonne. Ross Marquand, who's Aaron. Michael James Shaw, who's Michael Mercer. Lauren Ridloff, who's Connie. Kaylee Fleming, I did not know that. I missed that. Um, who's Judith, obviously. Matt Lentz, who was Henry. And Olivia Munn, who's Evie. Um, Danny was Lieutenant Mickey Fanboy Garcia in Top Gun Maverick 2022. Danny was originally cast as Javier Garcia before the character was made older. And this is a video game credit. Um, Javier Garcia, also known as Javi, J-A-V-I, is the protagonist of Telltale Games' The Walking Dead, A New Frontier, which is um, an app version of the game. You know, you can play it on your tablet or something. Um, I think you also can play it on consoles, but I don't know what formats. Uh, future projects for him include co-starring as Danny, that's his character's name, in Chestnut 2022 movie with Natalie Dyer of Stranger Things. I, they don't have much detail about this movie. It's supposed to be out this year, but they're running out of time. Post-production 2022 and reprising... Oh, the, that's the chestnut is in post-production 2022. Pardon my weird grammar. Uh, the punctuation went funny, and I thought this was separate. And he's also reprising Joaquin Torres in Captain America New World Order in 2023. So that'll get interesting. All right, also starring tonight, Julie Carmen as Alma. Carmen was born in New York City of Spanish and Cuban ancestry. She was a ballerina for seven years. Uh, her mother with husband Gary Hoffman. Oh, she is the mother, pardon me, with husband Gary Hoffman of one son and one daughter. Born and trained in New York City, Julie Carmen began her acting career off, off Broadway, dancing in Broadway in Zoot Suit. But her film career was launched, launched playing the Puerto Rican mother in John Cassavetes' Gloria opposite Gina Rollins. Julie studied extensively with Sanford Meisner at the Neighborhood Playhouse, with Udo Hagen at HB Studio, and more recently with Patty Rodenberg, Patty Rodenberg, pardon, and Sarah Mornell. 
Julie joined the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences in the class of 2016. She was introduced into the New Mexico Film and Television Hall of Fame in 2018 for her iconic Southwestern roles in Milagro, Beanfield War, and Gore Vidal's Billy the Kid. Double check the chat room. Oh, yes, Jonas found the name for me. Uh, Deborah Foreman was the actress in the original Valley Girl. And also, the you know, again, you hammer a spike through a board with your boyhood uh, from Real Real Genius. Anyway, I just that's my favorite line. I have to quote it even though it's naughty. <laughs> All right, Ju- Julie sat on the board of directors of IFP West Film Independent for six years, during which time Julie suggested the creation of the John Cassavetes Award since she just finished acting in Cassavetes' film Gloria. And she wanted to encourage filmmakers who embrace Cassavetes' experiential style of storytelling. Carmen Zapata invited Julie to sit on the board of directors for women in film for four four years as a way to ensure there would always be at least one Latina on the board. She has 75 acting credits back to 1978, where she began by playing Carmen Monvales on Guiding Light, soap opera. I used to watch that, but I don't remember that character, but that was a very, very long time ago when I was a kid. Also, 1979 biopic, Can You Hear the Laughter? The Story of Freddie Prince. She was in Nero Wolf, the TV series, Remington Steele, T.J. Hooker, Who's the Boss? Highway to Heaven, Airwolf, Fame, The Twilight Zone, 1985 reboot, Falcon Crest, Beauty and the Beast, Fright Night 2, the movie, In the Mouth of Madness, ER, NYPD Blue, Touched by an Angel, NCIS, and many more. Um, I did not see any future projects listed, but I'm sure she will have many. All right. Um, Let's get to the last person. This character is not well described, so I think that their appearance tonight may be a plot device because they're not making that much of it. It, It's in the, um, uh, the teaser trailer. They mention her, but we'll see. All right, so Iris Almario plays Maria. Iris was first drawn to performing through the art of dance, earning a degree from the Dalton School and then a scholarship to Phil Black Studios. She emerged on Spanish television as a host and model on Univision New York, Telemundo New York, and as a two-time winner of the model competition on Univision's popular variety show, Sabado Gigante. Iris further caught the public's eye when she was named Queen of the National Puerto Rican Day Parade in New York City, and then went on to be crowned Miss Latina USA. During this time, she traveled to Guatemala, El Salvador, and Peru, where she competed for the Miss American Latina title, while having the distinct honor to represent Latinos from the United States overseas. She entered the Latina magazine Wilhelmina Model Search and was selected from over 5,000 entries for a modeling contract with the prestigious Wilhelmina Modeling Agency. This led her to move to Los Angeles to further pursue her acting and hosting career. <coughs> Pardon me. Uh, personally, she is the co-founder of Women United for Animal Welfare, which is a 501c3 nonprofit org focused on improving animal welfare locally and abroad. Iris has 33 acting credits back to 2002, including Sex in the City, The King of Queens, Las Vegas, General Hospital, The Young and the Restless, Bosch, NCIS, and more. She also hosts the AAA Smart Home Insurance and Clinical Immunity Infomercials. Recently, audiences caught Iris in a dramatic moment on the witness stand in the CBS series All Rise. She also went for big laughs, guest starring along Will Forte on the short-form comedy series Flipped on the Roku channel. Overseas Australian audiences can watch Iris as Elena, who fights for justice for her sister's murder in the True Life made-for-TV movie Murder in Mexico, the Bruce Beresford Redmond story on Foxtel. Fans best recognize her for portraying Soledad Goldberg, Rogelio's uh, overzealous publicist, Rogelio is uh, Jaime Camille, C-A-M-I-L, on the CW's beloved comedy series, Jane the Virgin, and for her role in Hugh Davidson's for, as Hugh Davidson's former flame, Lizzie Martinez, on the TV Land comedy series, Nobodies, from executive producer, Melissa McCarthy. 
All righty. Let's go ahead and give everybody some applause and thank them for listening. Always appreciate it. I'm going to turn that uh, applause wave down just a skosh because it seems like it got jacked up a little on the high side. You know, we want people to have applause. We also want them to keep their hearing. So, <laughs> all righty. It is 8.50. Um, we are at the point where I have additional synopses for you guys. Um, yeah. I'm just making sure I didn't forget anything. The format on this is a little odd because of so many bios. Okay, so I, I have two additional synopses. I have the first one pulled up, which is from UndeadWalking.com, Tales of the Walking Dead, Episode 6, La Doña Release Date. I'm not going to read you some of this because I just told you something. This was written by Renee Hansen, one of their staff writers who does Walking Dead stuff a lot. Um, and she posted this last weekend, so there's a lot of talking about Devon. And I don't think we need to go through that again. So I'm going to skip down. The next episode, LaDonia, will release Well, it will release on September 11th on AMC+. Plus. So a week ago, you guys could have watched this in advance if you have that. This is the sixth and final episode of Season 1 of Tales of the Walking Dead. LaDonia was written by... Uh, I'm going to get to this in a minute, so I will be repeating this. Written by Lindsay Villarreal and directed by Deborah Kampmeyer. This marks the first foray into the Walking Dead universe for both ladies, and they did an outstanding job with this episode. This episode stars Daniela Pineda as Idalia and Danny Ramirez as Eric. They are a couple who seek shelter in the home of La Doña Alma, Julie Carmen. Um, by the way, and this comes up in trivia, again, I will repeat this, La Doña apparently means the lady, so Lady Alma's house. Um, this episode is a psychological thriller set in an apocalypse. The couple begins to be haunted by the house, or is it only in their minds? Frightening memories and incomprehensible events start to wear on the couple and strain their relationship. And that is the end of that article. It's just a slight expansion on what we already know as far as um, the synopsis of everything. Now I'm having that same mouse problem again where I can't highlight things the way I want to. All right, I'm going to take that while I can, and I may have to type in the URL review. All right, there we go. Okay, this is from sportskeeda.com, sportskeeda.com. I don't know anything about them. It's the first time I've used them. It says, Tales of the Walking Dead, Episode 6 Review, not for the faint-hearted. It is said to be spoiler-free. It's 8.53. Let's Go ahead. I'm going to double check on Joan, see if there's anything else. Not at the moment. So, Tales of the Walking Dead, Episode 6, is an hour of straight-up horror. As strange as this is to say about a series where zombies are the central focus, The Walking Dead and its spinoffs usually stay away from typical horror tropes. That's true, and it's fair, and I actually don't mind that they do that to a point. I, I really, as many people do, feel like it's kind of partly got into a bit soap opera and the walkers have been, you know, kind of pushed back an awful lot. Um, I, there's a balance to these things. Sometimes they've hit it. Sometimes I'm not sure. Anyway, let's go back to the article. Um, in La Doña, the final episode of the first season of the new anthology series, a young couple visits a house belonging to a bruja, B-R-U-J-A, um, I am not 100% sure, but my understanding is that is Spanish for witch. I've actually learned that term playing a role-playing game called Vampire the Masquerade. <laughs> and uh, this was a class of vampire, but they weren't necessarily witchy in there. So I'm not certain of my definition because of this. Anyway, um, I believe this means, you know, enchanter, witch, you know, maybe kitchen witch, something like that. An unfortunate incident later, eerie things and fearful things start happening to Idalia and Eric. Thus begins the scariest episode of Tales of the Walking Dead. Um, oh, skipping down. There, there was a tweet from the Walking Dead world, which is, I'm, I'm, it's not an official AMC Twitter account. I'm just taking a look real quick. Um, 
it's just it's run by someone but not an AMC staffer. So, you know, that's nice. I'm going to spend too much time on it. Only a handful of The Walking Dead episodes have tackled themes of horror head-on so far. The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 6, and the... Let me me go see what that was. It has a clickable link, so let me see what... They should have named it. Okay, so what's the damn title? Season 11, Episode 6. Give me the title. Oh, I, I think that one, that was uh, entitled Look at the Flowers. So, yeah. Alrighty. So, now we know that. Let's go back. Um, uh, also, the Fear of the Walking Dead titled Cindy Hawkins are notable in this regard for actually being very close to horror. We've only got four minutes, so let me try to wrap this up. Last episode, Tales of the Walking Dead does not shy away from embracing a horror theme, and one may even make the argument that it doesn't feel like a product of the Walking Dead franchise. Eh, That's okay once in a while. The spine-tingling haunted house and the terrifying poltergeist would probably feel at home in a Stephen King adaptation. In fact, when compared to the horrors that dwell within the haunted house, the zombies we are familiar with don't seem as frightening. Maybe that's deliberate. They're messing with us. Tales of the Walking Dead Season 1 overall feels like a series that involved the writers putting their creative hats on and throwing ideas at the wall to see what sticks. That's a neutral comment, really. What works for The Walking Dead is the bond forged across seasons amongst the cast and by proxy the audience. However, when it comes to an anthology format, it's impossible to develop an emotional bond with new characters in every single episode over the span of an hour. We don't know them as intimately as, let's say, Carol or Maggie. Hence, we don't find ourselves necessarily rooting for the characters in Tales of the Walking Dead. Despite the excellent performances delivered by Pineda and Ramirez, the episode may not be hailed as an all-time classic. That isn't the point of the series. This is not intended to do episodes that are going to fall into that niche. And so I don't even know why we're talking about this. Anyway, um, at the end of the day, it's an enjoyable hour of television if you love your goosebumps. It may not necessarily be revolutionary, but it can help you escape the terrifying world we inhabit. You should note, however, that you will be plunging into an even more terrifying world. And that is the end of that. Let me go back to my notes. Um, I'm going to give you a quick sneak peek since we do have three minutes. Tonight's episode was written by Lindsay Villarreal, as I mentioned earlier, and directed by Deborah Kampmeyer. They're both first-timers to the franchise. Um, I might be able to get through Lindsay's profile before we go dark. Let's see. Lindsay Villarreal is a Los Angeles-based television and feature writer and producer. Lindsay earned an MFA from USC School of Cinematic Arts and a BA from the University of Texas at Austin. She's an alumnus of the Gothams, formerly IFP's Film Independent, the Hola Mexico Film Festival, and the Austin Film Festival. Originally from San Antonio, she remembers the Alamo. (laughs) That's from her page. The University of Texas at Austin um, gave her a Bachelor of Science with a double major in radio, TV, film, and advertising. Uh, And she went uh, class of 2007. Activities and societies. KVRX uh, Radio in Austin, 91.7 FM. Dean's List, 2005 and 2007. University of Texas Advertising, Texas Creative, and intern at 501 Post. University of Southern California MFA, Film and Television Production, uh, Class of 2012. Activities and Societies, Women in Cinematic Arts. She has seven writer's credits back to 2012, including The Purge, Vita, Resident Evil 2022, TV Epilogue, and more. Future projects include Season 1, Episode 5, a TV series about George Jones and Tammy Wynette. She is currently a co-executive producer at Hulu and has previously been a producer at AMC, Charter, and Netflix. All right, and with that, I'm going to go ahead and go dark, and I will see you guys at the first commercial break. All righty, guys, it's 9.10, and we're just at the first commercial break. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> I... 
actually feel I mentioned earlier that sometimes when shows deviate from their formula, it can be good. And thus far, I think they are doing a good job of it. So Jonah's starting with five, five. You know what? I'm actually going to start at six because I'm really kind of feeling this so far. We will see. Um, Joan has a little bit of commentary leading up to this. Uh, That's a lot of crucifixes. Like the lady of the house is worried about vampires rather than walkers. I do not know what the hell I'm talking about. This is completely conjecture. But I am wondering if that is some kind of Latino culture, Hispanic culture. They did, you know, the... The one lady said she was a bruja, a witch of some sort, but I don't think they mean witches in the stereotypical American pop culture sense. You know, she's into some spiritual things. The crucifixes might make sense that way. I'm not really sure. All righty. It's 9-11. We have a couple of minutes, so let me see uh, if we can do the other profile. Let's do profile for the director, Deborah Kampmeyer. She has taught at New York University, the Stella Adler Conservatory, and the National Shakespeare Conservatory. She currently teaches a master scene study class at Michael Howard Studios in New York City. Um, Just for some fun trivia, I didn't find very much on her bio at all, but she went to senior prom in Atlanta, Georgia in 1983 with RuPaul. I think that's kind of a fun little trivia. Uh, She has 13 director's credits back to 2003, including Star Trek Discovery. She directed Clarice, a 2021 Silence of the Lambs prequel, starring Michael Cutlitz as Paul Kredler. Future projects for Deborah include a 2023 short called The Mark, starring Sophie Adler, who is the great-granddaughter of Stella. All right. And let's see, we're having a trailer for something that looks like Interview with the Vampire, possibly. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. So that will start October 2nd as well. Um, Okay, that's another trailer for something. So let me start. We're getting to trivia. Tonight's episode is the sixth episode of Tales of the Walking Dead Ever and the season one finale. Starring Daniela Pineda as Idalia. Danny Ramirez as Eric, also starring Julie Carmen as Alma, and Iris Almario as Maria. And we are back. I'll see you all at break number two. Okay, guys, it's 9.23, and we are just at the second commercial break. This is very interesting how these segments are much longer than seems to be typical. I actually like it better. Um, but, you know, this show tonight has been definitely a little bit of fresh air in here. I'm actually going to go to 6.5 with this. I have no idea where Joan is. So I guess we'll find out in a second. Um, Joan has said even for Hispanic culture uh, La Doña Alma has what would still be considered excessive number of crucifixes in the house. You know, one in each room is not that weird, but she had multiples on several walls. And, you know, and maybe that's exactly the point. Maybe she's trying to keep something out. Um, we had another new name for walkers called Sonambulos. Uh, we're a little fuzzy on the spelling because it was written in the subtitles. Um, she said, it sounds like Spanish for sleepwalker. Um, I said maybe not Spanish, but somnambulism means sleepwalking, and somnambulos is probably the adjective of the noun something. Um, Joan's going up to 625, but something about the guy in the episode is annoying me. Not anything specific, but I don't like him. I'm having the exact same feeling, but I'm not going to ding the rating of the show because of that. I am going to actually put that in my justification for my higher early rating on it because he gives me the same energy. He makes my butt pucker my colon is frozen shut because there's something about him i really don't like and that is a compliment to danny's acting because i have the same thing from him and i think that's deliberate i think there's donna alma seems to have known there was something wrong with him and never got a chance to really have a conversation 
with her about that. So I don't know. Um, I, I think that makes the story good, and I'm not going to punish them for that because that's an acting choice. All right. Uh, tonight's episode trivia, there were no co-stars mentioned or uncredited people mentioned. This is the first and last appearance of Idalia, Eric, uh, Maria, and Alma. This was originally the fourth episode of the season. However, it was rearranged, as were most of them. I think all of them, actually, for some reason. We have not yet identified what the reason was. I think every single episode on here is not airing where it was originally supposed to. The original plot summary for the episode is as follows. and It's pretty close to what they have. Idalia and Eric are a young, traumatized couple in desperate need of a safe haven. The two discover a secluded house, otherwise known as La Doña Alma's home, for, uh, where unexplainable sinister events begin to occur. Idalia and Eric must find a way forward or risk being rooted in death forever. All right, last episode trivia. Last week's episode is the fifth episode of The Walking Dead ever. That was Devon. Co-stars were Andrew Tickle as Durant, Mason James Bienvenue as Garen, Fiona Kate Caruso as Little Girl, William Rudseal as Jules, Vanita Kalra as Anguished Mother, Zach Hanner as Angry Father, Rock D. Vickers as Hesitant Father, Jennifer Bowles as Desperate Mother, um, Uncredited People, Chelsea Reuter as Zombified Amanda, and yes, she was in a couple of episodes ago. I think she was a stunt woman and uncredited character on episode three, D. Um, Dean Neistat as Madawaska resident, as well as Stephen Sweet, Brian Johnson, Joshua Piper, and Jeremy Piper, and John King. Uh, unknown actors as Greer and David. And we still have a commercial, so let's keep going. Deaths in last week's episode. Amanda, who was zombified. Amanda's husband. Uh, Jules, Martin, Greer, David, and Arnaud. Trivia, first and last appearance of Devon, Amanda, Nora, Arnaud, Jules, Durant, Garen, Greer, David, and Martin. The original title, oh, okay, we are back. I'll read you the rest of that at break number three. Okay, it's 9.36, and we are just at break number three, interestingly, and I'm going up to 675. Joan's going up to 6.5, and we have just some comments and questions. Um, I thought it was interesting that uh, his nickname for her was Dolly. Um, Just, you know, like Salvador Dolly, just interesting. Um, I find it super weird that the house embraces roots in the cellar, in the foundation. It's bad for it. And why are all those flame lights down there? Joan thought that was weird as well. And where is Alma's body? I see nothing that I can find indicating what they did with her, which is just adding to the whole creep factor. Also interesting that we didn't see them do anything with her body, and we saw no indication that she came back as a walker. Also super strange. And these two are acting like they are far enough into the apocalypse so they should know better. Okay, so Jonah says, uh, that's a good question. I'll go up 6-5. I'm getting Amityville vibes from this one. Yeah, a lot of people have said that, and which is a deviation from, you know, how things have been. Even in Tales, they've been a bit more traditional up to now, which is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of digging the deviation. Okay, uh, last bit of trivia. The original title of the series from last week's episode was Acadia. This was also originally the third episode of the season and was rearranged for unknown reasons. Acadia is a reference to the fact that Madawaska is in the area of the former French colony of Acadia. The original plot summary for the episode was as follows. Within the walls of a protected community in Madawaska, Maine, an outsider named Devon, Jesse Usher, suddenly wakes up with no memory of how he got there. With blood on his hands, Devon must piece together flashes of his life while being hunted by the French-speaking locals Seeking justice to a murder Devon does not remember, let alone believe he could have committed. Amongst Devon's possessions is a key card reading PPP. This is an Easter egg, by the way, that is identical to the one found at the scene of Heath's disappearance in the Walking Dead classic episode Swear. 
We still don't know what it means. But here, remember when I said I am now convinced they're going to tie everything together, like all the little miniseries and all that other stuff? This is another brick in that wall. This is the third Tales episode last week to re- feature a reference or direct appearance of an entity from another TV universe medium. In this case, the appearance of the PPP keycard from Swear. This episode last week takes place about 15 years after the apocalypse. There were no spotted errors that we know of. Okay, we're still having commercials, so let's do birthdays. Danny Ramirez, uh, this is a day late, but I wanted to give it to him because I didn't have his birthday till now. Danny Ramirez, who is Eric in tonight's episode, La Doña, 17th of, this, of September, and he's from Chicago. Aisha Tyler, who's the director for Fear and World Beyond, today is her birthday. She's in San Francisco. Aldous Hodge, who was Mike, one of Michonne's pets, uh, the boyfriend, September 20th, Onslow County, North Carolina. Jonathan Edward, John Bernthal, who was Shane, September 20th, Washington, D.C., Christian Serratos, who's Rosita, September 21st, Pasadena, California. Margaret Grace, Maggie Denig. Um, she goes by Maggie Grace, who plays Al or Althea Shevchuk Przgotsky. <laughs> September 21st, Worthington, Ohio. Lawrence Larry Gilliard Jr., who played Bob in Prison and Terminus. September 22nd, New York City. And Lily Marie. Director for World Beyond Season 2, September 25th, Las Vegas, Nevada. Let's give them some birthday applause. Thank you. Joan also says they should know better than to wander around outside in the sick fog, but there you go. I think they lost their transportation because they were being chased by this Maria that they were talking about. All right, and with that, we're back. I'll see you guys at break number four. Okay, it's 945. We're only at break number four. Joan's going to 675, and I'm going to 7. I really just kind of dig the tone of this piece. It's not necessarily, you know, some kind of Oscar-winning movie, but that's not the point of this series. I like the deviation. I like the supernatural element without going so far out of the mythos that we might as well not even be doing this show. Um, Joan has noted that this goes to 10.04 tonight, which is good because we are running a little bit long between commercials. All right. Featured music from last week's episode, La Complainte du Soleil by Laura Cahen, C-A-H-E-N, is playing during a flashback as Devon brought Nora a strawberry in the rain. Um, there are no unaccounted for characters and no talking dead. I'm not going to get into the discussion lengths or any of that. Um, so this is the end of uh, season one. Then season two has not been announced yet, although they have said several times this is supposed to have a season two, but they haven't said when or any of that. Um, I consider it potentially up in the air, considering we had the Rick movies for a year and a half, and then now all of a sudden we don't. All right. While I have your attention, let's talk about some other upcoming shows on NDB Media from some of my colleagues. Uh, Monday Night in America with Roger Noriega, Mondays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Roger Noriega brings you his unique take on politics, current events, entertainment, sci-fi, and history, currently hosted on StreamYard. Links can be gotten on our Facebook page. Uh, Phantom Access Week in Review, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Join the entertainment explosion of Jamie, Karen, and AJ as they tackle another night of TV. Recent shows included Westworld, season finale of Moonhaven, The Sandman, Paper Girls, and whatever else sounds intriguing. Uh, The Rock and Roll Shrink radio show was last week, so the next one will be on the 28th at 11 p.m. Eastern Time. Please join me and Atlanta psychologist Dr. Stephen Mathis, PsyD, a.k.a. The Rock and Roll Shrink, as we discuss matters of mental health and mental health. Um, Mental health and metal health. I'm not pronouncing that correctly. It's a lot funnier when I don't screw it up. I'm so sorry. Our topic is to be announced. We haven't chosen one yet. Travel Itch Radio, Thursday, 922, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Topic for them is to be announced. It hasn't been posted yet, but please tune in to listen for Dan Schlossberg and co-host Mary Ellen Nugent Lee, bringing you another enlightening, enlightening interview and discussion. 
uh, new show ever new, <laughs> Saturday the 24th, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 1.30 Eastern Time, with Chris Smith, host, Hannah McCrane, co-host, and guests. Ever new is about living out loud, forging lasting connections, and visiting with effervescent thinkers and dreamers. It's an uplifting hour that promises to leave everyone feeling better, so who's up for some fun? A new ever new podcast will air every other Saturday at the same Twitch NDB Media link on the public NDB Media page. We do not yet know what's up for 925 for us, but stay tuned. There is supposed to be some kind of introductory, possibly Chris Hardwick-hosted, Talking Dead-ish kind of thing for the upcoming October 2nd Walking Dead finale. Um, Also, Walking Dead classic last eight episodes ever start Sunday, October 2nd. The name of the upcoming episode 17 is called Lockdown. We are back. I'll shut up. I'll see you guys at break number five. Okay, guys, it's 9.56. This will probably be the last commercial break, and that's fine. Um, Joan has said that I was correct. Uh, Sonambulo is Spanish for sleepwalker, and there is, I believe, an accent either on the N or the A. We have to check the this writing, but that should go on our list, definitely, with this as a source. Um, Jonah's rating it at 7, and I'm actually going to get a 725. I think we both like it, and we're creeping up very slowly. But this is a fairly well-done episode in a lot of ways, in the ways that it's different, in the ways that it's not. I'm actually curious, Joan, do you remember any mention of where in the timeline this takes place? Um, I didn't see anything in the write-ups indicating when in the general overarching timeline this takes place. Last week was 15 years after it started. But some things are, you know, different parts of the timeline. It's not each week being the next one in the timeline. They're all over the place. Um, And Joan is definitely adding this to our list, so we have captured that. Um, I don't know what's going on next weekend. It might be a good candidate to pull out the list and do a show on the list that we've promised to do, which we'll do at some point when we don't have an actual show going on. <laughs> um, alrighty. We have a prime video thing. Oh, it's a, it's several Marvel type things. Epic plays. Oh, I don't know. This seems to be a trailer for a whole bunch of different things all at one time. Uh, it looks like just a whole crap ton of shows. It's just things that are on prime all over the place. So I'm not going to get into all that right now. Joan says she doesn't remember seeing anything in the timeline either, but she's going to check. Yeah, I didn't check the timeline, but like even articles on tonight's episode, I didn't see any mention of where in the timeline it falls. So, you know, if we find out, that might be interesting. Um, Otherwise, I have read you all of my notes, and we are caught up on birthdays and trivia and everything else and our upcoming shows. So hopefully you guys can join us for some of that. Um, The break should be back soon, and then that will be going to the end of this episode. So I appreciate your patience being with us and trying out a little something different tonight. This is a very interesting take on things. It's a little different than what we're used to. It's kind of cool. All righty. So we're uh, wrapping up a Google commercial, and we're going into another commercial, because of course we are. And, uh, <laughs> okay, a guy's a superhero and he's changing in the boardroom while they're having a meeting. Alrighty, so it's a Geico commercial. Isn't that cute? Alright, AMC trailer for, oh, this is Moonhaven stuff. This is going to be, um, the fandom access people will probably want to cover this episode. So apparently Moonhaven you can stream now. And then there's a trailer, again, for Interview of the Vampire. This has been mildly interesting. I mean, the the prior movie was okay. I'm always a little sad that Rucker Howard never got to do it because Annie had wanted to do that. All right, we are now back. I'll see you guys at the end. Thanks for joining us.
Okay, guys, it's 10.04. That's the end of the episode. Joan and I are both ending on a 7.5. Uh, looks like, you know, it. one of the neat things I like about this episode is you're not 100% sure which parts are imaginary or if any of it is imaginary or if there's really ghosts going on or just hallucinations or what it is. Walking Dead has, by and large, not really been a supernatural show, so this is a different take on everything and that makes it interesting and Joan says so this was your favorite of the six in season one honestly yes I think it went out at the season finale on an excellent note I think this was well done in its deviancy but not too far I, I think they did a good job of the balance and it's definitely kind of creeping me the fuck out now I gotta go to sleep so <laughs> Alrighty, I'm going to have to listen to some kind of, you know, uh, undo my terror sort of video on YouTube to go to sleep to or something. Uh, Joan, thank you for your patience and your help as always. Alrighty, so keep looking at our Facebook page. I am going to keep digging around as to what's going on next weekend, but I think we are going to try to do a show in alignment with it, depending on what they put up. Um So thank you not only to everyone who joined us tonight, but those of you who might be listening later via podcast, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or the Blog Talk Radio website. Special appreciation to our host, NDB Media, and we hope you guys will join us next weekend for another live watch party, although technically it'll be a preview leading up to The Walking Dead Classic doing its final uh, seasonal section here. So we'll be on the same network. Please watch our Facebook page for next week's showtimes and episode links. See you all next time. Much appreciation. And good night and thank you.